You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hub City Homers. I checked. This is now episode 24. I'm back on top of the count. Episode 24. This will be a shorter episode. And the reason why it'll be shorter is because we want to preview Texas separately. I think that you guys will appreciate the most content about that game. And keeping it on its own, more or less standalone issue with maybe some Mississippi State recap is just kind of important. So tonight's focus is going to be to briefly recap what happened in Lawrence and then focus on Mississippi State coming into town for the SEC Big 12 Challenge. The challenge has historically been the Big 12s to lose. However, they did finally drop one of the challenges, um, and there have been several that have been tied. The reason being is more or less because the challenge, for some ungodly reason, isn't power-matched yearly, so you can get some really dumb matchups. For instance, why is Tech playing a bottom-tier SEC team? We'll get to that and more tonight. This should be about 30, 45 minutes max. Um, we're going to start this one off, though, recapping what happened against the Kansas Jayhawks. The question I'm going to open up to the floor is, first, is regarding Kevin McCullough and TJ Shannon. These are your best players. I, I know Bryson Williams is making a firm case to be the best player in the team, but I, I mean no offense to Bryson Williams when I say this. If Kevin McCullough and TJ Shannon aren't good, tech ceiling is, is far lower. As, as we saw what can kind of happen when you had a guy drop 35 and still weren't able to get the win. Looking at their two performances, I just got to ask, are we nervous that Shannon doesn't return to form? And, you know, are we nervous that um, if Bryson Williams has an off game, this team just really will fall apart as long as Kevin McCullough and Shannon are, are struggling? So I'll open this up to you, Jack. Did, did what you saw from those two in Lawrence make concern you going forward? Um. You know, the the normal person to me wants to say, you know, I'm not worried. 
you know, everyone remain calm, but in all honesty, it does, it does worry me a little bit. Um, you know, I just, it's hard to understand, you know, the game of basketball and, you know, you can't go out and predict that, you know, some guys are going to have terrible nights and other guys aren't going to be able to miss. Uh, I mean, if you would have gone into that game and told me that Bryson Williams was going to score 33 points and go 14 of 19 from the floor, including four of four from three, I would have called you crazy. But I think I would have called you even crazier if you would have told me that Terrence Shannon and Kevin McCullough were going to go a combined two for 21 uh, from the floor and O of nine from three. Um, I just, I don't really, I mean, it's, it does concern me. Um, Terrence Shannon, the part on him really doesn't concern me all that much. Cause he, I mean, essentially he took over that game against West Virginia. So we know that aspect of his game is still there. Uh, it, the problem with me is the meshing of the two. Uh, they can't seem to get going at the same time, uh, much less, uh, you know, when one's on the court and one's not. So you can say what you want about the way Terrence Shannon took over the end of the West Virginia game. And, you know, he did win us that game essentially, or at least got us out of the, the hairy part of that game. My whole, my biggest riff from the game on, uh, I guess, what was that, Monday. Uh, and we'll we'll dive into it, I'm sure, here in a little bit, but I'll just kind of precursor into it. Um, I don't really think that either of them should have had the ball late in either the game in regulation or in overtime, the first overtime. Uh, I, I don't think that it's smart to put the ball in the hands of two guys who are are combined two of 21 from the floor and O of nine from three, Uh, you know, granted they are, they are your two best players. I can't sit there and consistently expect Bryson Williams to score 33 points. Um, I'm almost a little sad that we don't play Kansas anymore because those seem to just be the games where Bryson Williams comes alive. But I think that, the more time they have on the floor together being McCullough and Shannon that I just can't see this drought lasting for much longer. And I really can't, I can be concerned at the same time. I'm not. So I guess I'm kind of like 50, 50 torn. Reed, I'll let you go next with what you saw, you know, what, what are, do you have any long-term concerns or, or, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do we need to get from those two going forward for tech to continue to succeed at a high level? Yeah, I think the key for both of them is just consistency. We both know uh, what, what they're capable of. Uh, Shannon's, you know, he, he just put up, I don't remember what the specific stats were, but probably between 20 and 25 points against West Virginia last weekend. Um, and then he goes ice cold against Kansas. You know, I, he's he's been all over the place this year. Part of that's just been injury and lack of playing time consistently, I'd say, because there's been other guys on the team that have been stepping up, like Adonis Arms and Bryson Williams, uh, offensively, where he hasn't had to be on the floor as much, uh, producing like he had through the last you know last two seasons. He's been in Lubbock. Um, my my main issue with with the two guys is that they haven't had a lot of playing time together yet. Period. Um, which hopefully that means that the worst part of it's in the past. 
Uh, their best playing days are probably ahead of them, I would hope. Um, but the thing that concerns me specifically with McCuller is I'm not sure if he's necessarily 100% capable of being your, your full-time point guard, uh, per se. I, I do like Malik Wilson as your primary ball handler, though. I do think he scares me a little bit uh, in terms of lack of switching on defense and some other uh, like decision-making areas in terms of like turning the ball over and stuff. Um, but I do think he's your best ball handler outside of you know McCuller. Um, I feel like with, with McCuller being the primary ball handler, I feel like he's trying to put too much on his plate, per se. Um, if he's if he's able to be a wingman like he has been the last two seasons, I think he's going to still provide uh, like crashing the boards and stuff that you know we've been accustomed to him doing, um, blocking out guys, getting rebounds, and pushing the ball up the floor. Um, and he, we just really hadn't we hadn't seen that consistent consistently out of him this year. Um, but I, I do think everybody knows what they're capable of. So if we can find a way to let those two guys gel on the court at the same time along with your two big men down low and O'Banner and Williams. And then you can find somebody else to go with them, like Arms or Wilson or Nadolny, whoever else it is on the floor at the same time. Uh, I think it's going to be a challenge down the road if, if Mark, Mark Adams is, is able to figure that, uh, that, that pairing out between the two of them. Yeah, I think it's underrated that, you know, you're you're a team of so many transfers, which everybody knows requires time to develop chemistry, but Shannon missed the vast majority of the games that actually mattered. McCuller missed several important basketball games. Those are games where, as a team, you came together and found ways to win without them. It's really hard for those guys to come back in and look good. You know, McCuller's looked pretty good since he's been back, but Shannon's been hurt. You know, he in particular has played very, very little high-level basketball with this team. And the other thing is just I think it's becoming reality that he's not 100%. He may not get back to 100% this year. You know, even as many points as he scored against West Virginia, did anybody watch that game and think he looked, you know, 100%? He looked good. He still looks stiff and out of sorts and out of shape. You know, he gets a week, you know, we're, we're coming on the end of this very long week for him to get his wind under him. That's what seemed to be the formula for success against West Virginia. I do wonder some of his body's just not able to do these quick turnarounds right now. You know, these two day turnarounds to play a game. Um, but more than anything else, it just takes a lot of time to develop relationships. And that, against Kansas, that was the first good opponent tech play. You know, West Virginia was a slug fest, but more than anything else, that game just was ugly. West Virginia is not particularly good. The game was just ugly. Kansas is a very, very good basketball team, and they showed, you know, uh, what what it means to to play really good basketball teams. They take you out of what you want to do, and they make you find ways to beat them. Bryson Williams is a fantastic game. Our tech has run out of that stadium. So credit to Williams, who is quickly becoming one of the best players in the Big Twelve. But I think, you know, for McCuller and Shannon, I'm not as worried about McCuller. He's had games in his career where he just really hasn't been good. This was one of them. They're not that often, but it happens. You know, he's never been the world's greatest shooter. So when his decision-making, when he gets flustered and it starts to drift, um, he really is a liability. You know, he's a great basketball player, very good one. His jump shot's improving, his ability to get to the paint, get to the hole. But against KU, when they aren't calling those fouls that they should have been, when he's getting mugged and he's not getting the whistle, it, it throws him off his game. And when his decision-making slips, he just you lose a lot of his value. Shannon, I am worried about. I, I don't know 
how long it's going to take for this team to learn how to play with him. I don't know if the team, you know, can afford to keep run, giving him all this runtime to try to get him back into the swing of things while he's just so bad. You know, he's been back now for three, for four games, um, three or four games. He's been awful in most of them. You know, he's just been awful. He was awful against Kansas State. He was absolutely horrendous against Kansas offensively. Granted, his defense is getting better. It looks like he's starting to get the rotations back. He's starting to continue to get back to his ways as an on-guard, def- on-ball defender. But offensively, he's just such a massive liability right now. I mean, it wasn't even that he couldn't shoot for shit against Kansas. Almost all of the decisions he made on the offensive end were stupid, bad, and lazy. And I, I don't know how long you can give him a chance to work that out. You're going to have to try because, like I said, I think your ceiling is far lower if those two guys are not at 100%. Um, Shannon's good enough that he can get it back. I just I, – I worry how long – how many minutes can you afford to give him during the growing pains? You know, he can't be playing 30 minutes against Texas and doing what he did against Kansas. You know, that, that game's too important for the program to give him that time. You can't afford to lose home games in the Big 12. You know, so he's I really think he's got Mississippi State to show he's back against West Virginia. We all thought we were getting him back. And then he, he lays an egg in Lawrence. I'm worried about him because I don't know if he's ever going to get back to 100 percent. Back problems are tough to shake. You know, that's not one of those injuries that's going to just go away. That's going to linger with him. So I, it's just one of those like, was he in pain in Lawrence? It kind of looked like it during stretches of the first half. It looked like he was hurting and stiff. He warmed up a bit in the second half and played better defense, but it looked like it impacted his shooting. He never looked – he it didn't look like he was willing to be aggressive. And then, yeah, like Jack mentioned, the, the fact that he felt like he should take the last two shots was just bad, bad decision-making and arguably bad coaching by Adams. That's a situation which you got to tell Shannon, like, look, dude, if you're at the top of your game, we're asking you to take that shot, but tonight give the ball to Bryson Williams who can't miss. So, you know. I think TJ, I think McCullough will be fine. I think TJ can be fine. It's just a question of his health. Can he stay healthy enough to get the minutes he needs to get chemistry with these guys? And how long can Tech afford to watch him struggle because he's at like 70, 80%? Um, I don't know the answer to those questions. Mark Adams and you know, is obviously there every day, and so is the rest of the coaching staff and trainers watching him to see how he's doing. He's got a long week off to watch and stew on what happened in Lawrence. It was a very emotional loss. A great game for Tech, and one that should have gotten away from him if they hung around and arguably could have even won, um, or maybe should have won. But, you know, I, I worry about Shannon because I think that this team is so good. If he can just step in and be 95 to 100% and be the old TJ, the, the team has Final Four potential. And McCuller, I, I, I think, just had an outlier night. But Shannon's health is something to watch going forward. If, if I I would I would agree with that, and I would even go to an extent of saying I would not mind him sitting for the Mississippi State game to make sure that he's okay for Texas. I don't know if you can sit him. I think that's a question of you know is is if he's at 70 percent for Mississippi State, I think you sit him just because you know there's no reason to rush him back. But if he's at like 80%, which is kind of what he looked like later in the game against Kansas, looked like he could move a bit better, I think you give him his minutes. I just think that against Texas, if he's still not there, then you can't do what you get against Kansas. You know, I loved Shannon's on-ball defense. I thought that was critical to what 
you know, Tech did in the second half to get back into that game. But here's the reality situation. Texas is not very athletic. You don't need somebody as athletic as TJ to just eat somebody up, right? Like Neldoni can do it fine. Adonis Arms can do it fine. I, I, I think that if if you're giving TJ runtime against Texas of, you know, 20 plus minutes and it's not looking good, then you're making the wrong decision. Now, if you play him against Mississippi State, he looks better. You know, he looks like he's moving well, all that jazz. I'm going to leave it up to the coaching staff's discretion. Obviously, they get paid. They know more than I do about TJ's health and what was going on in Lawrence. We don't know what was going on behind the scenes. Maybe something happened. We just don't know. Um, and sometimes your shot just isn't falling. And that that's something he he just needs to learn in those situations to find the, the guy who is hot. So there's a lot that plays into what you do with TJ. I'm worried about it just because I think TJ's what takes you to the national title with as well as the teams played otherwise. You know, if McCullough and TJ are playing, you know, high-level basketball and the rest of the team looks like they have, you know, I don't know who beats Tech in in any in any situation, let alone in the dance. You know, when when the how the games are played tends to favor Tech. But we're going to move on. We're going to move on to Mississippi State because we do have one more game before Texas. I, I know everybody's leaping ahead. I know the team won't. That's going to be Mark Adams' job to keep them focused. We're going to take a look at the Bulldogs. I'm going to reverse the order here. Reed, you know, I'm not going to – I'm going to give everybody a chance to answer this question first before we actually talk too much about Mississippi State as a team because I'm curious. How much do you actually care about this game on Saturday? How important to it? To it is is it to you to get a win in the SEC Big Twelve Challenge? Does does the challenge mean anything to you? Uh, in terms of Dom proving yourself as the top uh, basketball conference in the nation, I think it does mean something, uh, especially on your home floor. You don't want to lose to a mid bottom tier Mississippi State team coming into Lubbock because you're thinking ahead to what's coming on Tuesday. Uh, I know Mark Adams won't let that happen, but I don't. I don't think there's any reason you should not want to win this game in particular. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say I know a lot about Mississippi State because I don't whatsoever. Um, I really don't watch much much SEC basketball, but I do know how SEC people are. Uh, and if a team like Mississippi State came in here and, and beat Tech on their home court, especially if it was handily, I don't I don't think that would that would bode too well for the Big Twelve Conference or for Tech in general. Jack, same question to you. You know, what does the challenge actually mean to you year in and out? How much do you care if Tech were to win this game versus lose it? You know, what 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 are the stakes being played out on Saturday? Uh, in my personal opinion, uh, I mean, may not be a popular one. I don't really give two shits about this game. Um, the only reason that I would uh, care about this game would really be to uh, keep up Tech's kind of. Uh, you know, national acclaim of their good defense. And, uh, you know, that Lubbock is slowly but surely and pretty much is there cementing itself as one of the hardest places to play in the country. Uh, that's the only reason that I care. Um, you know, this Mississippi State team, they're all right. They're, they're 13 and six, uh, you know, but they're not too good on the road from what I'm looking at. Um, I'm just looking at like their last five games and they've lost both road games. Uh, they did take Kentucky to overtime on Tuesday uh, at Kentucky. But like I said, I'm just in it for the, I guess to 
since it's on ESPN2, I guess to basically show the country that Lubbock really is a tough place to play. In the grand scheme of things, I could not care less if the SEC beat the Big 12 in the in the challenge because we all know that the games are mismatched heavily. They have been every year since this whole thing started, like you mentioned earlier. Um, and so I really don't care if the SEC wins or not or if the Big 12 wins or not because everyone already knows that the Big 12 is the toughest conference in the country and a set of games that are played on a Saturday as a break from conference play really doesn't mean that much to me. The reason why I ask is because this game is sandwiched between Kansas and Texas, which is an extremely important two-game stretch. Um, I've had this discussion some on Twitter. If this is the biggest game of the year on Tuesday. Um, I know plenty of people want to be like, well, you're going to play Baylor still at home and yada, yada, yada. I, I don't care. You, we all know what's at stake losing to Texas. We'll talk about this during our preview. We all know what it would mean to lose to Texas at home this year. We all know why that can't happen. You know, I, 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 I hate when you're the team that has more to win or lose in a game, but that's just true. This is the most important game of the year. It's the one everyone's paying the most attention to. It'll be talked about and watched by almost any, everybody in the nation who cares about college basketball. With Mississippi State right before that, the problem I have with the challenge this year is just I don't care how Texas and OU perform in the challenge. Right, like they're gonna go play in the SEC. I could give two shits if Texas and OU win or lose the challenge, which means that the Big Twelve may win or lose the challenge accordingly. I don't care because I, I'd be perfectly happy for Texas to lose that game. I'd be perfectly happy for Oklahoma to lose that game. This, so this is the first year I don't really worry too much about the outcome of the challenge. For the one thing, it's just no Big Twelve team takes this seriously, right? Like Kansas is gonna play Kentucky. And somebody's getting Auburn. I don't remember who that is, who has who, who drew Auburn this year. But otherwise, the SEC's full of a bunch of who cares. Like if LSU, I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I <laughs> I believe Oklahoma has Auburn. If I'm not yeah, like I, if I just, I'm not like, mistaken, that's that's Big Twelve team nine playing SEC one and the number one team of the country. You know, the only fair matchup in this tournament is probably in this little matchup is probably Kansas Kentucky. Those are relatively similar tiered basketball teams with similar tiers and expectations. Um, you know, what's SEC three is what like LSU, right? Like these just, it's just not a serious challenge this year. The big 12 is the best conference in basketball. And this doesn't change that. Cause you know, I, I, and I, I just can't get into it this year. Most years I really want to win this challenge. The SEC gets uppity about, like Reed mentioned, you know, SEC folks are pretty awful and they get really uppity about this challenge. Like, Oh, look, we went five and four, despite the fact that, you know, none of the Big 12's best teams played any of the SEC's best teams. So it's it's all this this matchup always comes down to who plays who more than anything else. Um, but, you know, all that being said, I want Tech to win this game because I think taking momentum into the Texas game is important. One, you shouldn't lose to a team like Mississippi State. You are so much better than Mississippi State in basically every area that losing to them just means you lost your focus. That's really all that means, and I hate seeing that before a big matchup. But as am I, would I be like heartbroken? No, I just like the I like the idea that Tex becomes sort of unbeatable at home. I like the idea that you get momentum heading into Texas. I Tex, I want Tech to win every game, you know, no matter who you play. But this this doesn't mean as much to me as in years past. These I don't care what Texas and OU do, and I don't really care 
about the fact that, you know, the, the Big 12 needs has to, there's any belief in the national that the Big 12 has to prove itself. There just isn't. It's be, The Big 12 is better than every country, conference in America, and there, there's nothing that can change that. You know, you, you proved it already during non-conference when everybody but Kansas State really kicked the shit out of everybody else. You know, you, your your worst loss, I think, of the non-conference out of, like, your top-tier teams was Tech, which gave up, like, which watched Providence shoot, like, 40 free throws. You know, just a horribly officiated basketball game to cost any of your top teams really a bad non-conference loss. Or unhealthy Tech getting beat by Gonzaga. So I just, I, I can't be bothered about the challenge. I want you to win this game because it's important for Tech to do it. The challenge means very little to me this year. Which brings us to the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I'll, I'll be honest. I've only watched a little of them. I don't pay much attention to them. They're, they've never been much of an, an NCAA you know, tournament threat. I think they compete for or go every other year, every year, close to that. They just aren't very good, and they aren't very good this year. Um, they, they've scared some teams, but I don't think they have a marquee win, and I'm not expecting the one to get on Saturday night. But, Jack, um, you're looking at Mississippi State. What does Tech have to do well to make sure that they win this game? They need to – contain Iverson Molinar. Uh, he's a starting guard for them, averages about 35 or about 33 minutes, 33 to 35 minutes. Um, he shoots a lot from inside the arc. Uh, a lot of dribble drive is what it looks like to me, just based on his stats. Uh, says he's shooting basically 50% from the floor this year, which is absurd. And he's only, but he's only shooting 29% from three. So I would imagine he, he likes to penetrate into the lane a lot, which, I mean, that bodes well for our defense. I mean, that's pretty much what our defense strives to get rid of. Um, also, he's pretty good at the foul line. This year he's shooting 87% from the free throw line. So uh, I guess to stop them, you need to control this guy, um, force him to shoot from outside the perimeter, which this year he struggled at. Um, I guess your other... The other guys that you're looking at are, um, I know Garrison Brooks, he plays about 30 minutes. He's also shooting about 50% from the floor. Um, averages about 11 points a game. I know, basically, my looking over this team, what I see are a lot of, a lot of guys that like to drive the ball into the lane and and or pump fake around the perimeter and come in for that mid-range jumper. I've noticed it a lot, a lot recently, and I noticed it a lot in the Kansas game mostly, that Tech was getting in the air on almost all of Kansas's pump fakes. They're flying over them, and all the Kansas guys would take two dribbles in, you know, get 10 feet closer to the bucket and just pull up for a mid-range jumper and sink it. Tech needs to get, get back to the point of not not selling on selling out on those pump fakes. But another thing that kind of worried me just to go back to the Kansas game a little bit. Um, I don't think we took a charge until about like five minutes left in the game. And uh, it was Davion Warren, if I, if I recall correctly, but I think this game tech needs to get back to itself. I don't, I, you know, Mark Adams had a nightmare that night, not just because of the outcome of the game, but, because Tech gave up 94 points. Uh, so I just think that Tech needs to get back to its, you know, its identity. Uh, you know, keep that no middle defense there, force everything to the sidelines, 
And uh, don't let these guys get easy uh, mid-range jumpers or, you know, dribble drives where you foul them and, you know, they get an and-one situation. Personally, I think all Tech has to do to win this game is just play reasonably well. I, I just – you look at Mississippi State and, you know, Tech is better at basketball than Mississippi State. and It's not that close. I don't think Tech has to play even 70% well to win. Um, there are things you want to work on, though, right? Like, I, I think you bring up a good point. Kansas had a good strategy for attacking what Tech does defensively. Part of that, though, just boiled down to Abaji made a ton of awful shots. I mean, the game, the, the, the one that pushed it in that second overtime was one of the worst takes you could have gotten in that situation. He just happened to drill it. I think that, you know, there's nobody on Mississippi State squad who can shoot anywhere like that. There's nobody on that squad who's even half as talented as that kid. So I'm uh, I'm not worried about Mississippi State, but I think Tech needs to work on a couple things from the, just for your sake. First and foremost, um, you got to work on uh, feeding the paint. I think Tech, when Bryson Williams drops 33, and you know in the last seven minutes of the the, the game, and had, from overtime on, and you're really you can't even get him the ball. Like you could not figure out a way to get your best score that night the ball was just problematic. Like, there were way too many possessions. Part of that's on TJ, part of that's on McCuller, and part of that's on Davion Warren, who did the stupid three-man weave crap up top instead of looking down low. But, you know, you need to coach that up. Bryson Williams is is dominating the Big 12. You know, we didn't. Th- I don't think most people saw that coming with some of his struggles and some key situations, but he's dominating the Big 12. So find ways to get him the ball underneath where he can really make things happen. Um, another thing I really – I'm still waiting for Kevin O'Bander to hit some threes. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll die saying this, but as good as he's been getting rebounds, putting shots back up, doing doing this, the little things right to help this team despite of his shooting woes, I think he's like one for his last 23 three-pointers. That's not going to fly, I think, long-term if Tech really wants to, to, to make some noise. You need somebody to pick up the three-point shooting, and I think it's it's – you know, of all the nights to try it out, a night where you may not need a ton of scoring is one of them for him to just take a couple looks. See if he can get some rhythm, some momentum on behind his shot before he head into Texas. And lastly, what I'm lo- I'm just looking for is I want to see a Tech team that's engaged and focused. The, the, the testament to good coaching is can you keep these guys invested for games that don't really matter before big games? This game doesn't mean anything to you. You know, unless Tech completely collapses here down the stretch, they'll be going to the NCAA tournament. So beating Mississippi State, losing Mississippi State means very little. What means a lot is just can Coach Adams keep them engaged, keep the energy up, work on the things you need to work on, work on your brand of basketball. Think of this as a scrimmage. You know, I'm not saying that Mississippi State can't beat you, but it doesn't really matter which way this game goes. What's the most important is if you're going to lose this game, and it's because Mississippi State played out of their damn minds. You need to be playing your best basketball right now as we get poised to, to turn over into February and start heading down the stretch. And just use this game as an opportunity to work on the, the fundamentals of your offense and your defense and get them ready. If you do that, I think you should cruise regardless. But even if this is a battle, even if Mississippi State pushes it on the wire, hell, even if Mississippi State beats you, I want to leave the game Saturday thinking one thing, and that's you know Tech is playing good basketball. If you go into this game and look lethargic and sleepy and just get punked, I'll be a bit worried. You know, I, I won't be. I won't lie. That I think that's a momentum breaker heading into the Texas game. You go into this game and Mississippi State shoots eighty percent from the field and beats you. Oh well, move on. But I, I think that you know, if you play your best basketball, you beat Mississippi State by twenty. 
So I just want you to work on the things you you know you need to work on. Work on, you know, I'm guessing Mississippi State will throw a zone at you. Seems to be the common theme for a lot of these teams that play tech out of conference is to try to toss a little zone up. Work on attacking the zone. Work on getting getting open looks. Look at work on knocking down your looks. Continue to improve your communication with Shannon back in the lineup. Continue to give him a chance to get his feet underneath him. You know, just do those things and everything will work out. So, Ray, what about what about you? Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of piggyback off of a lot of what you guys both said. Um, you know, I think I think Adams, uh, coaching wise, just needs to find a good rotation that that's comfortable. Uh, with with allowing Shannon, McCuller, and and Arms to to be able to thrive, you know, since since Shannon's back, I, I've seen Arms kind of take a dip too, uh, in, in his playing. I think part of that's just minutes that he's been on the floor. I've been I've been cut obviously because TJ's back, uh, which I mean I personally expected just because they they kind of played the same position, kind of do the same thing for you. Um, I, you just got to stay to the basics. I think this is kind of what I said going to going to Kansas State a couple weeks ago. Uh, at that point in time, that team was not somebody that sh- that should be beating you, um, whether you're on the road or in Lubbock. Um, you're just a better team all around than Mississippi State. Um, you know, I, I would I would find your hot hands and, and ride them the whole way through. Bryson Williams and O'Banner have been have been massive the last I don't know four or so games. Uh, down down low, especially rebounding and getting some putbacks. Um, if you're able to find somebody that can shoot the damn three, f- for love of God, that'd be huge. Uh, you know, Banner and Davion Warren came into the came into the program with with three as part of their DNA. Uh, neither one of them have shot the three ball near as good as I thought they would, would ever would ever be doing it. They are like as they are right now. Um, so I, w- I would do their do your best to get them some open looks for sure at, at any point in time, um, and then kind of find a way to make Shannon not seem as as pushy, I guess, on offensive end. Uh, from my viewpoint, it seems like a lot, especially in Kansas, he was just trying to force up way too much stuff. Uh, McCullough a little bit too, just just trying to find something positive. Um, I, th- I feel like if they just kind of sit back, let the game come to them, there's no reason that those two guys shouldn't shouldn't gel with one another before they played a ton of games with each other the last two years, not necessarily a whole lot this season, but the last two years they played a lot together. Um, and there was definitely times that they looked unstoppable with one another. So if they're able to find their stride together and you pair them with, with your two big men down low and then with somebody else, you know, Damian or whoever it is, uh, there's, there's no reason that you shouldn't, you shouldn't have any issue Saturday, uh, let alone with whatever's left in the big 12 schedule. Um, you know, I, I do think the crowd, uh, outside of the team is definitely looking way past this game, uh, which is, I'd almost say unfortunate, not because, uh, you, you shouldn't be prepared for Texas, but I, I think the team like Mississippi State's just looking, lurking around to, to come beat you because they know what you got coming, coming up next after them. Um, so you got to stay focused. You don't want to lose a home game to a team that you should beat by 15 plus, um, just, just maintain the basics, and there's no, there's no problem uh, on Saturday against the Bulldogs at all. We're gonna move now to close out the show with predictions. Um, I'll, I'll start us off here, and then I'll throw to Jack and then Reed. So I, I, I think Tech plays well in this game. I think you know you, 
you get a full week to recover after Kansas, which is important. I think they're you're back at home. I, I don't imagine they come out flat. I think they're coming out ready to work, especially TJ and McCullough, who now have a little something to prove. I, I think you beat this team like 84-53. You know, I think I think this is one sided early and often. I think that's how much better you are than Mississippi State. You know, is is that extremely aggressive? Yeah, but why not? You know, it's it's the challenge. If 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 I'm not gonna care about the challenge, the only thing I'm gonna care about is tech beating Mississippi State as badly as possible. So you know, realistically, you're going to win by 30 points? Probably not, but I'm rooting for it, and I think you have the potential to do it. So why not? I'll call it and leave it alone. Jack, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to take half of what you said. Uh, I'm going to go 75-60. I think uh, defense keeps uh, Mississippi State's dribble drive game in check. And uh, I think that Tech kind of gets back to its old ways. Uh I'm also kind of looking for this to get out of hand a little early, like you mentioned, and possibly, uh, you know, carry the momentum, but as well kind of get some of your guys some rest uh, that, you know, you can never get too much rest uh, when you're in the thick of the Big 12. So uh, I think that maybe you see a lot more guys uh, get some solid minutes in this one. I think you get, you probably get, uh, you know, Malik Wilson, I would, I would personally would try and get Malik Wilson over 20 minutes of uh, game time. Uh, you know, you get Adonis Arms in there and uh, getting Adolni some minutes as well. Uh, it's kind of your uh, your background guys kind of get in for a little bit more than they normally would. Uh, but yeah, I'll go with uh, 75 60 Texas Tech. Last but not least, Reed, what do you got? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting scoring wise. I can see it being really low scoring, or if you know Tech comes out shooting, uh, what kind of what they should be. I think we could we could put up north of eighty. Um, I'll I'll kind of go in the middle. I'll go I'll go seventy three. I'll give Mississippi State sixty on the dot. All right, that's our show for this evening. You'll hear from us again for a Texas preview. Everyone's going to be looking forward to that game. But do not forget, if you have an opportunity to make it out to the Mississippi State game, you know, if you're a student and you're somebody in Lubbock, I'm guessing tickets aren't crazy expensive if you're a student. I'm guessing there will only be, you know, somewhat of a line. You know, get out and go and support. You know, I've really been happy with the attendance this year. I think Tech is averaging something like 13,000 with the students in session. So, you know, that's really a testament to what, you know, the, 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 the buy-in to the program is. And I, 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 it just makes me happy to know that like when Texas rolls to town, as big as an environment that is, you're only going to see like a thousand extra people in the venue. So if you have a chance to go to this game, go. Hopefully we're going to be talking about a big tech win before we preview Texas. But regardless, it was great. Jack and rejoin me tonight. Kendall did not. Unfortunately, we're hoping to have him back for the Texas preview. Or finally, where you can hopefully do a, a full four-man episode. So keep your ears peeled for that. Wreck them, and let's, let's hopefully, you know, we're, we're, we got a 2-0 stretch ahead of us. Blackout, remember, this has been announced. Blackout for the Texas game. Don't be the guy who forgets. All right, everybody, have a good night.